0: It is a massive uh, honour. Uh, I, I, people say that eh, when they come to speak somewhere or they're a guest. But um, you probably just need to know a couple of things. That Curate is being talked about uh, around the country. Churches are trying to figure out what's going on. They think it's just the coolness of Joel Milgate. <laughs> and it kind of is. But every, every time I'm like, I try to figure him out, he just reinvents himself. You know, he's like a... He's just that way. Um, but um, to you, the people of Curate, as a pastor, I just want to say thank you so much for who you are, for your courage, for following Jesus, because we're learning from you. Uh, you I don't know if you know that, but we, we, we're, I, I think you're like a little case study, really. Though <laughs> no, you, you actually are. And I love and honour and admire Joel and Katie so much. Joel's been to our church and ministered. He is like you know, he's Joel, you know what he does. But um, the fact that he's a friend is the most unbelievable concept to me. He's just like the most kind, generous. He always texts, like if we text each other, he always go, how are you? mark, And it's like he actually, you know, it's, it's, it's beyond introductions. So I honour your leaders. I'm intimidated by Hayden. <laughs> I honour, beyond the leaders, I honour you as a people. By having the courage to follow God. And if your leadership comes out with something fresh and something where God's leading them, don't hold back. Because the country, the church of Jesus Christ needs you to keep doing it, keep leading the way. Put your hands together for yourself and let's honour the leaders. And we love you. <clears throat> um, my name is Graham. Um, I'm married. I have five children, guys. There's a little, oh this is them, so our oldest is 19, our next oldest is 17, that tall unit in the back, I don't know what kind of jeans are kicking around somewhere, just gone explosive hasn't it, Um, and then there's some others, but anyway, uh, (laughs) uh, it's brilliant, so anyway we've figured out what does it and we've stopped it, Mark chapter 10. Okay, kudos to the church that goes into a new year with a meaty series. I mean, we could have done stuff like, you know, how to stay tanned. as the sun kind to change position? How to just keep having a good life and COVID's awkward. We could do all that stuff. But no, we're, we're doing a series that really, I, I know it's going to sound like it's part of a whole heap of other discussions. Um, servanthood being one of them. But to me, it's like the antidote for living. Jesus talked about it as a key teaching multiple times. And so um, I'm going to add some stuff into it. Um, Take from it what you wish. Uh, But it comes from Mark 10. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, it's just code for they were brothers, they were siblings, came to him, Jesus' teacher. They said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. (laughs) What do you want me to do for you? Jesus replied. They said, well, let one of us sit at your right, the brothers, and one of us sit at your left in glory. You don't really know what you're asking, Jesus said. Quick question, can you, can you drink the cup that I'm about to drink and can you be baptised with the baptism I'm about to be baptised with? And this is, um, this is taking on the sin of the world. This is the cross. This is, um, I mean, really only he could do it. And then they were like, absolutely. <laughs> Sign us up. Like, quite um, interesting. And Jesus goes... The bad thing was if Jesus goes, no, you can't, that would have been more realistic. But he goes, no, you will. In your own way, you're going to drink a cup of suffering um, because you're following me. And I think that would have um, been very tricky. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those whom it has been prepared. When the 10 others heard about this private discussion going on, they became annoyed. That's what indignant means. And they said to uh, basically, they're just annoyed. And Jesus brought them all together and teaches uh, them in a moment. Listen, you know those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles, lord over them. Their high officials exercise authority over. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever must be, who wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. I want to talk about the unusual path to greatness, the unusual path to greatness. Have you ever done something so potentially brilliant, but it just didn't go so brilliantly? Have you ever done that? Did you do it recently? Like, is this kind of recent thing? I've had moments like that. Um, I had one just the other day. I had one when I was 15. I wasn't a particularly um, popular kid at school, but I wasn't unpopular. I was just kind of in the middle. You know what I mean? Not everyone can be Tony Crawford, can they? Um, but I was okay with it, you know. Generally okay with that. But you notice, don't you? You notice who the cool kids are, and you notice who the groups are, and you notice all that stuff. And I noticed. I just, you just knew who they were, and um, I just wasn't kind of part of them. But that was okay. I wasn't not part of them. It just was what it was, and I didn't mind until one morning. One morning, all of that went out of the window, and it wasn't premeditated. It just happened. I was biking to college at fifteen on my Avanti Montari. Yeah, this is, this is the group to talk to. The frame was filled with solid cast iron. This was first-generation mountain bikes. Like, it was so heavy. Um, and I was riding it. I was coming down Ferguson Street. Runs perpendicular to Nayland College. Nalen College has a front entrance, a front area, uh, three gates. The main gate just so happened that this one particular day, just a perfect storm, all of the cool kids, like a big group of everyone who's popular, is sitting outside the front. And I hadn't meditated this thought, premeditated it in any way. It must have been buried in my subconscious somewhere. But I just had this thought. This is my moment. <laughs> so I'm coming down Ferguson Street, and it's like, I guess, a wideish road, quite a main road to go across to the school. And I thought, halfway over the road, I thought, I'm going to pull a wheelie. So I did, and... It's a big bike to lift in the air, you know. I'm a big unit, but whatever. And so I, so I just limp back. I oh, get up there. How you doing, guys? You all good? Okay, sorry. So they just pull back on the bike, and it just goes right up on the back wheel, and um, it was awesome. Do you have ever had those moments where everything slows down though? <laughs> Why everything slowed down was while I was on my back wheel, my front wheel fell off. True, totally true, and the whole crowd was looking, it was, um, and, and because I'd really like wrenched like real wheelie, it had created this force where the wheel took off down the driveway, so the cool kids, they just look at the wheel and then start laughing, and then I'm thinking, I've got the, the forks in the air, the wheel's gone, and I'm just thinking, I've just got to land this, so I praise God that I did, and I just left and right, I just had the bike I'd stopped stationary, holding the bike up in the air, and, um, and they all looked at me, and uh, it was, uh, I mean, it was a pretty powerful moment. <laughs> I stood there with my new unicycle, and, um, <laughs> and, and I, and I realised um, what a bad idea it was. It was so unusual, but it wasn't that uncommon. Um, we all do things out of ego and self, All of us, that sort of causes the wheels to fall off, don't we? In our careers, we can do it. Shoot, in our parenting. Oh, man, I've made some bad, bad mistakes in my parenting. Relationships. Man, all sorts of areas. Our thinking. If you're new to Christian faith, when you give your life to Jesus, you don't get a brand new brain. (laughs) Did you? I, I didn't. Maybe it was just me. He calls us to renew our mind daily. I think it's his way of uh, getting us to come back to him. It's a bit of a secret trick. He just loves us, just wants us to be around him. So he gives you a mind that can go either way. And so it's like, hey, just bring it back to me. And um, Mark 10 is just exactly that. The wheels look like they're about to fall off, and they probably would have. Lord, we have something that we want you to do for us. Now, it probably sounded really spiritual because they'd been training him. The word disciple basically just means apprentice, student, apprentice. So if you're a follower of Jesus, you're a disciple, but better 2021 words is you're his apprentice. You're just learning to walk in his ways, walk in his life, walk in all that he has and be like what he was like. And so Jesus goes, oh yeah, what's that? And they go, I can just imagine like a pious tone, but it probably wasn't. Grant to us that we would sit at your left and right in glory. What? What do you, you say? This is really, really weird. Because in none of Jesus' teachings is there anything about seats. It's not like a thing. Talked about moving mountains, talking about having faith, talking about loving your enemies. But he never talked about how to make sure you got the right seat at the end of the day. Never did. So this is like really strange. And it's also strange because... Um, Jesus had just, if you read it, go home and read it, he'd just told them he was going to go up to Jerusalem, he was going to be arrested, and they were going to kill him. Just kind of like your family member who says, I'm dying, I've caught rabies. I just use rabies because it's probably no one in the room's family has done that, and so it's less emotional, isn't it? But they say, I'm dying, I've got rabies, and you say, can I have your car? It is, it's that. That's exactly what these guys are doing. So what was it? Was it the stress were they just like out of their minds, stressed about the situation, they put so much hope in them? We, we think of ego and self as being primarily proud and sort of, sort of that kind of, I can do it all. I am the man, I'm, I'm it. And sure, it, there's reflections, shades and shadows and that, but there's also something about ego and self that also says I'm nothing. I'm useless. I'm going to end up just like my parents said I was going to end up. In fact, I'm going to end up like my parents. It doesn't seem like it, but it is a voice of self and ego. And was it stress? Was it um, just the feeling of being important? Up until now, James and John have not been important people. But in a very, very short amount of time, they've got crowds of upwards of 15,000 people around them. They are known, guys. Was it that? What about security? Um, A sense like your future is safe. Only tax collectors and Pharisees really had secure prospects. And in one translation, they've got their mum batting for them. Mummy's in there. She's going to Jesus. Can you, can you do it for them? And a mama bear only really steps in when she feels like her cubs are unsafe. And so was it that? Was it a sense of security and safety? Did someone get a demon? Was there daddy issues? Childhood trauma? Was someone gluten, dairy, sugar? I also add taste intolerant. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> was someone, um, was it just narcissism? Is that, is that what we're dealing with? In my 20s, I was past into in my 20s, I would have said all of those. In my 30s, I would have said half of those. But now I'm not in that age bracket. And by the way, Tony, that is a shrewd move to throw a brother. You've got four or five years on me at least. And so I, I, I don't know how old you are, but you look great. Five, okay. So now I'm in this age bracket, whatever one that is, I realize it could be something else. I think it could be something else. I, I can now entertain the idea that it was something else and that something, guys, was human. James and John were human. They've got the, pretensity, the, the propensity sorry, to be, to be fickle, onto it, they're not onto it. We're a real unusual bunch, humans, aren't we? We're absolutely phenomenal and then a total nightmare. We are brilliant and then real bossy. Like to complete strangers, we're going to be just so nice and loving and kind and then we get home and we'll whip them into shape with our words. It's real weird being a human. Most of you are humans, eh? And I think, um, and I think that this would be good for this to settle in you today, that as a truth, most of the church has let go of the idea, and we've stopped believing that the disciples were actually as human as we are. We think they were special, slightly more disciplined, slightly more together, didn't get disappointed, didn't get annoyed. I mean, you can read the scriptures, and you're like, oh no, maybe they did, but then you quickly convince yourself it's not the case. But the strange and unsightly out-of-place convo is just another version of when the Joneses are onto their third boat in the last three years and you're still with the kayak. (laughs) Uh, It doesn't sound like it, but this is just the same as when a workmate who you know what their work ethic's really like, you see the things that other people don't see, and they just got promoted. This doesn't sound like it, but it is just the same as when a close family member suddenly becomes successful my, one of my brothers, I've got three brothers, my young, I'm the oldest of four boys, and the one um, next, what is he, two years younger than me, became a multi-millionaire about five years ago. Not accidentally through a series of business happenings. But I just can't get rid of the image that I grew up with of the moment when he was 15 and he stole my surfboard and sold it and kept the money. <laughs> I just can't. It's the feeling like you're meant to matter, it's the feeling like you're meant to matter but no one kind of gets it and before you think I'm overdoing it, because some of you will, I'm not, I'm underdoing it, I'm underdoing it big time. It is a primary human impulse, it is instinct, like seriously and honestly, it started Uh, Martin Luther King Jr., who preached I Have a Dream, about seven years later, his last sermon to his own church before he was killed and shot, was this. I'll read it to you now. Every human being has some thread of selfishness in them. He, He attributed racism to selfishness, but for this illustration and what he says, wanting to be wanted, needing to be needed, desiring to be the top, the first, the vital, the desire for attention, It's just a matter of creative opportunity and chance as to how you will meet those needs. He says this in that same sermon. He said, how do you prove it's human impulse? Because as a baby, the first thing you did was cry out for attention. The first response from all humanity is a cry for food or safety or some sort of thing. That's right. You're a human and you have needs. Let's close in prayer. How encouraging. (laughs) Psychologists say there's five. I want to say there's six. Six basic human needs. Love. These aren't even Jesus following necessarily um, the science of four psychologists, but they say basic human needs. Love. Progress. Innocence. Innocence is awesome because at the cross of Calvary, not only did we get love, but we got Righteousness and the Greek word for righteousness is innocence. You carry an innocence that is not of your doing, not of your performing, not of your purchasing. You are gifted it. Praise the Lord, someone. Um, four, so love, progress, innocence, four apple products. <laughs> Try to work out which one was mine. Five safety. So when you you know, fight or fly. Things are out of control. And do you know what six is, or five for the psychologist? Do you know what it is? Significance. And James and John were slightly out of line. And yes, James and John got carried away. But when our needs aren't being met the right way, we'll try to meet them anyway. I'm going to say that again. It's pretty profound. When our needs are not being met, we will try to meet them anyway. In all sorts of crazy and unusual ways. Weird ways. It's it's a need. And and Paul got onto this whole thing in the book of Ephesians, and I'm gonna read you a passage which is fairly deep, deep waiting, but I'll try to walk us through it as best as I can. He wrote this to a group of brand new Christian believers in Ephesus. It's called Ephesians, the book. But these people were coming online with faith real fast. Like they were just like they needed faith, they needed saving, they needed It was just like they were leaning into it. They were giving their hearts and lives to Jesus. The problem was they lived in a culture that was sexed up, moneyed up, idled up. It was literally out of control. If you think our countries are crazy, Ephesus was on steroids. And Paul's like, listen, we're following a new way. There's a new and living way. I need you to know, guys, we're going to do things different to how Ephesus does it, do it different to the world. So here is the conversation. And this is him pointing out that there's some things in our humanity that actually needs some help. He says, I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord. In other words, he feels a real weight of authority on it. He says, you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, the world. It's a futility of your thinking, real basic, just futile, doesn't re- not really going anywhere, just is, is stuck. They're darkened in their understanding. Watch this. They are separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Being separated from the life of God, by the way, is a Bible word called death. Spiritual death is just, you don't know God. That's all it means. Spiritual death is, I'm spiritually dead if I just don't know God. Not like, no, oh, there's a God, 90-something percent in the census say there's a God. No, I'm talking about no, which is an intimate word. Like, no. And it goes on to say that it's in them due to their, their hearts getting hard. And that can happen to any of us. Watch. Having lost all sensitivity... And what that word means is being sensitive to the things of the Spirit, to God, to life, to the things of God. What they've done instead is they've given themselves over to sensuality. That word is feeling, needing, appetites, craving, like like going over the top because my life is about me. It's about what I feel, what what I experience. And he says that they're indulging in every kind of impurity. In other words, they'll find all sorts of creative ways to do this. And then this translation is slightly different, but, but how it ends in the NIV 1984 version, which is a great version to read, with a continual lust for more. And what that phrase means is it's never satisfied. It doesn't stop. It's cyclic. It just goes round and around and around until there's no sensitivity, there's nothing going on, there's nothing happening. So there it is. That's human. That's human from birth. That's human as a trouble. I am human. You are human. And unless we let God bring light to that, our human becomes depraved. But I want to let you know about something even more unusual than what the disciples did and even more unusual than everything I've talked about. Jesus never shuts them down. Never. He asks, they ask him the question and then Jesus doesn't go, man, guys, Seriously, is that the best you can do? After two years of training and listening to my message, you're still thinking that. Jesus doesn't say, I just told you I'm going to be killed. What is wrong with you? Jesus doesn't say, man, you're a wicked bunch. What am I going to do with you? No. The book of John, chapter one, says that Jesus came full of grace and truth. He'll tell you straight, but he'll love you while he does it. Can I get a witness? Anyone? Are we, do we know the same Jesus? Jesus. It's why it will get up in your grill sometimes. It's why the Holy Spirit will, will prick your conscience if you've got sensitivity. And what does the Bible say? Do not despise the Lord's correction. He corrects those he loves. What parent in the room would just go, oh, well, he's playing with a taser. Best of luck. <laughs> and on some afternoons, that would be fine, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> seriously. But Jesus doesn't do any of that. What Jesus does and always does, and don't, don't go anywhere now. This is really, really important. What Jesus did, and what Jesus always does, if we allow Him to, if you let Him, He will take your humanity. He will take your ego. Is it that time already? I'm ready to sing. (laughs) He will take your impulses. He will take your instinct. And this gets real heavy, but it's got to be said. And He will take it through the cross. He's not taking it to a course. He is not negotiating, guys. If we come, like we're singing to the feet of Jesus, everything to the feet of Jesus. You know, like, like, great song. But if we bring it to the feet of Jesus, Paul said that, he said, I have been crucified with Christ. Like, not literally, but my humanity. And, And I know that sounds horrible. It's like, flip, where's the positivity in that? We'll just wait three days and you'll find out. Because what God does with things that are dead and have been dealt with, he brings resurrection to them. He brings resurrection to humanity that's ego and self-driven. And he says this, how about instead of your ego and yourself, how about we trade for some greatness? Some greatness. I feel like in New Zealand right now, maybe the world, we need to redefine what greatness really is. Some people are so poor, all they have is money. Can I get an amen from anybody? Some people, their Instagram is lying. Lying. Mine as well. It just looks like happy days and boating trips. Mine. Do follow me. But it just looks like, <laughs> you know. But, it, but it's not the full picture. I remember one time I was sitting in the first service I. I, um, a guy did something real bad to our family 15 years ago. Real bad, right? And I got real mad about it. And then I read this passage. I was getting wound up on the inside, in my humanity, in my ego, in myself. Oh, oh. I don't know what that is. It's like karate, eh? <laughs> it's quite weird. I wasn't like that, but I, I felt so like... Okay, so I was starting to imagine I'd have these daydreams of running him over with my car. Anyone ever done that? Not literal, like, if you have, Lord bless. But um, you had the courage to follow through, didn't you? But I I was, no, I was just like, um, I was so mad, 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 mad. And then I read the scripture that Jesus said, hey, I want you to forgive. And not only do I want you to forgive, but I want you to pray for your enemies. So I began to pray for him. Number one, I was in ministry and pastoring at the time. That's right, People. Just because you're a minister doesn't mean your humanity's all gone. And systematically, over a year and a half, nearly every day, I would say, Lord, I forgive this person. And then moved on to, Lord, I bless this person. It took a year and a half for me to feel no angst when I thought about him. That's the crucifying. Doesn't happen quite as fast as Jesus was crucified. Some of the things that are still going on in your life are just simply because you brought them to the foot of the cross but then you tried to resurrect them too soon. It wasn't quite dead, was it? What are we talking about? Just saying, I surrender, Lord. What do you feel like surrendering right now? Well, you're on a usual path to greatness, aren't you? Which is like, I've got to do this. I've got to make it happen. It's me to the top. If I don't hustle, and working hard is good, but favour is better. Oh, man, that would preach. Lucky I'm preaching. (laughs) Hustle is good. Working out is good, but favor is better. What shall I do today, Lord? It's like being at home. We can, we can, we can end up not doing the things that Jesus did. And one of those things, as we finish, He just says this: If you want to be great, you can be. If you want to be great, you redefine greatness. Ready? You need to be a servant. And you're like, okay, what are we doing now? We're going on another teaching strand with Jesus. No, He was just saying this. Do it my way. Be like me. Live like me. What's he saying? My ego and myself aren't always thinking about me. I'm thinking about others. He had the world on his mind. Hey, by the way, when you are in the supermarket or you wake up in the morning and you think of someone randomly, it's often the Holy Spirit. And you should follow that instinct, sensitivity, and you should DM them. And do you know what you become when you become thoughtful and you send them an encouragement, a verse, and you actually stop and pray? Do you know what you become? A servant. And do you know what that makes you? Great. There's greatness on your life. When you're at the supermarket and you've got a little bit of margin in your budget and you pay away for someone's groceries because you said to the Lord, who shall I pay for? And they say, what's your name? And you're like, can we take a selfie together and tag me in? No. That's ego and self wanting to be great. When you go, Lego, what's your name? You go, does it matter? Why did you do this? God might love you. You are great. I'm out of time, but I'll finish with um, two examples. They're pretty quick. Steve gave his life to the Lord when he was a young teenager and um, just wanted to serve God. He wanted to... He's working it out, crucifying some stuff every now and then, trying to get God's to resurrect. What about musicians, Hey, We're trying to write songs. We're trying to do it all. Man, how often we as musicians and creative people... See I included myself in that? That was brilliant. How often we need to crucify it because it can just become about us. Steve, though met Jesus, reconsiders, flips upside down, what is truly great. I'm going to serve God with my whole life. So what does Steve do? He's in our church. He owns three shopping malls. One's in Papamoa, actually. The other's in Christchurch. One's in our hometown. He goes to our church. And this is his thinking. You want to know his thinking? Um, You get a lease, but you also get, as a mall owner, a percentage of turnover. He believed You can take what the world meant for nothing or ego, turn around for good. He gives away a truckload of money to reach more people for Jesus. You can do whatever the heck you like if you do it to serve and to bring the kingdom to earth. Let's just balance it out now because some of you are going to look for a shopping mall later on Trade Me. (laughs) Let's talk about Nolene, 89 years old, has zero shopping malls. What she has instead is a sleep problem. She doesn't sleep between 2 and 4 a.m. I found this out because my wife had a cancer journey and it was a bit of a challenge. And she started coming up to me saying, I prayed for you last night. And You know, people say that, you're like, that's awesome. And then she kept doing it, I prayed for you. And then she told me, I'd pray for you every day. And then she told me why. She said, I haven't for years been able to sleep between 2 and 4 a.m. So I used the time to serve God by praying for people. You will take anything that God has put in your hand, make it truly great and redeem it all, turn it over to Him, bring His kingdom to earth, make an impact if you and I take the unusual path to greatness. You don't don't need to be on Instagram for this. You don't even need to know their names. I've named them. What's truly greater than Instagram? That God knows your name. A couple more things that are greater than that. Greatness is doing what God asks you to do. Yeah! Sorry, that was weird. That was a, that was a bit gangster, eh? I was like, right, yeah. No, but I, I'm, I, I, my path has been different to my other ministry friends. But I just had to keep doing what Jesus asked me to do. You trust Him. Hey, you can take preaching and you think it's holy. Nah, it can have ego and flesh in it. But if today I came and lifted someone from the lowlands of doubt to the highlands of faith, If I lifted and built, I served. That makes it great. Even if my exegesis is still working, if my pronunciation still needs some work, it doesn't matter if I came today to serve. Question, are you on the unusual path to greatness? In your family, in your relationships, in your parenting?